Welcome to Excess Returns, where we focus on what works over the long term in the markets. Join us as we talk about the strategies and tactics that can help you become a better long-term investor. Justin Carboneau and Jack Forehand are principals at Validia Capital Management. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Validia Capital. No information on this podcast should be construed as investment advice. Securities discussed in the podcast may be holdings of clients of Validia Capital. Hey guys, this is Justin. In this episode of Excess Returns, Jack and I talk through some of the trends underneath the surface of the market that investors may want to understand. Much of the market's move higher has come from lower quality, smaller companies. As a result, more higher quality companies are now in the value segment of the market compared to the same time last year. In addition, many are saying value stocks are back, but in reality, value stocks really aren't beating small caps or low quality companies. Understanding these trends and the drivers of returns are something investors should understand and pay attention to. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy this discussion. All right. You wrote um, a couple interesting articles over the past few weeks that we wanted to kind of use as, I think, the basis for the discussion today. And the first one that we're going to talk through is this article you wrote, Value Investing is Back! Exclamation point, or is it? And um, it was a good piece because you you sort of started with uh, the idea and there's this narrative and it's to to some extent, it's it's largely true that value stocks, you know, since March of last year, or maybe even more so since November have, you know, really kind of sort of come back very strongly. But what you, I think, wanted to do in the article is talk about how, you know, while value has come back, there are other things also happening underneath the surface that are, you know, largely driving the performance of um, the performance of stocks. And so maybe with that, you know, I'll let you sort of kind of outline what you were going after here, and then we can get into some of the specifics. Yeah, you know, when we look at anything that's happened in investing, you know, one of the most important things to do is to not just understand what has happened, but also understand why it's happened. And, and the reason is because in terms of what's going to happen going forward, if you don't understand what drove your returns in the past, then you're going to understand less about what might happen going forward. And so there's been this popular narrative, you know, if, if you look at small cap value type ETFs, you know, many of them are up over 100%, um, you know, 150% or something like that off the bottom. And so there's a popular narrative based on that, that value investing is back. And that, you know, we, we've seen this resurgence, resurgence in value that all of us have been waiting for for the past decade. But when you look behind the scenes, the reality is a little bit different than that. Um, and so what I want to do with the articles, I want to take a look at what actually is driving these returns and sort of compare that to what people think is driving the returns. And then, you know, maybe make do an analysis to sort of better understand what has happened in the past and what that can tell us about what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. So you kind of used, I think you kind of highlighted a few uh, popular smaller cap ETFs in here, and you kind of used our factor tool to show how much exposure they had to something like size or quality, and you decided to use that as the basis for showing that you know the performance of these ETFs is very different. But when you actually look at their underlying holdings and where they have the most exposures, you actually would see a lot of differences as well. Yeah, if you if you look at the ETFs with the best performance off the bottom, they have basically, or the value ETFs with the best performance off the bottom, they have three common characteristics. One is they have a lot of exposure to value. Two is they have a lot of exposure to size, so they own small and mid-cap companies. 
And three is they have a very negative exposure to quality. So you're talking about, people like to call them junk stocks, but low quality stocks, whatever you want to call them. So those three exposures are common among the best performing value funds off the bottom. And so then the question becomes, what of that is driving performance and what part of that is not driving performance? And so to better understand what value, what these value funds have done off the bottom, you want to sort of break down each of those factors individually and say, which of these have been driving performance and which of them haven't? And so that's basically was my point with the article is, is when you start doing that, what you realize is that a lot of this performance has been driven by low quality. So low quality stocks have been doing well across the market, whether they were cheap or not. And then a lot of this has been driven by size as well. So small and mid cap stocks have been doing well across the market, whether they were cheap or not. And so when you back out that value exposure, you still get the same types of returns you've gotten in these value funds. And so what that tells us is that a lot of this return, you know, if not most of the return, has been driven by low quality stocks and small stocks. Yeah, you had you had this um, you made these portfolios that you tested using our data and um, you were able to I think go back to March 5th of uh, well, you went back to what the 20 you went back to March of last year and you ran it through basically early March of this year and you showed that um, stocks with the most value exposure in this sort of hypothetical portfolio, you know, produced a return of 145 percent. But then the low quality portfolio that you ran and tested returned 132%. So, you know, not much difference, only 12 percentage points of difference versus value. But then you showed the size portfolio. So the portfolio that held the smallest stocks, you know, was 180%. So clearly, like you said, it was a lot of the size effect and sort of these low quality stocks um, were contributing to the performance of value. Yeah, so if you want to understand what's driving returns, one way to do it is what, what you just said, which is basically you isolate each factor on its own. And so what I did is I took the cheap, the highest rated decile or the 10%, the highest rated 10% using each factor in our database. So I took the cheapest 10%, I took the smallest 10%, and then I took the lowest quality 10%, and I looked at them individually. And then I said, well, if, if value has been driving all these returns, I should see value outperforming the other two. And, and what you, as you said, what, what you saw is the opposite of that. You know, small size has actually been the best performer. So if I just bought stocks because they were small and didn't consider anything else, that actually produced the best return over this period. And then second was value by a small margin. And then third was low quality companies. So when you break it out, you, you start to realize that a lot of this return has not come from value. And, and another way to do it is if you look at some of the popular ETFs out there that use a high quality value strategy, what you'll see is, you know, they, they have a little bit of outperformance off the market bottom, but they don't have a lot. So introducing that high quality company, you know, that Warren Buffett type factor into the equation has reduced your returns a lot off the bottom. And so what that tells us is that basically low quality and size have been driving this more than value has. And we'll get into that quality piece in a minute, but that, you know, I, I must admit, I do get a little bit worried when, you know, I think about the fact that it's been a lot of these junky stocks, these low quality stocks, which by the way, maybe they're the ones in terms of the reopening that will get the biggest benefit, um, assuming we get growth going again and the economy recovers and we expand and, and it's looking, you know, likely that that is probably going to happen. But it's just when I think about low quality and the smallest stuff driving, you know, a lot of the returns, part of me is like, you know, is this thing just going to fall apart at the seams um, if growth doesn't come through or if the market maybe doesn't, you know, uh, uh, recover in economically? Um, 
based on how well people think it is. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's, that's just my view on it. Um, I'm not positioned to, to benefit if that happens in any, in any way, shape or form, but it's just more like something I sort of think about when I look at data like this. But that, that gets back to my original point, which is by understanding what drove the returns in the past, we can start thinking about how we want to position ourselves in the future. And so if you have the concerns you have, which are very legitimate concerns, you know, as, a, as someone running a value fund, maybe someone wants to think about, all right, I need to add higher quality value stocks to my portfolio now because I, I know that what's driven the return in the past is sort of this, this low quality small cap thing. You know, maybe I want to get away from that. If I think that's sort of a, something that could fall apart, maybe I want to get away from that. Maybe I want to move in a different direction where I'm, I'm getting more exposure to or similar exposure to value, but maybe not having those other exposures. And so that's why it's important. You know, a lot of us who are quants tend to have this, you know, this thing we do where we, we break down the historical returns or something of something. And then we show that maybe they were, you know, the returns were not as quality as you think they were because, oh, you thought you were buying value, but you really were buying those other things. And, you know, th that's really a stupid thing to do. And it's, it's not what we're trying to do here. It, it's what we're trying to do here is more say, you know, if you got great returns in the past, that's great. But by understanding how you got those returns, you may be able to position yourself in the future, you know, in, in a better way, understanding what drove those returns in the past and understanding what you think that means for what might drive returns in the future. Yeah, that might be a, a really good point because if you think about the way that this bull market might mature, you know, as you come out of the depths of it, you get a lot of the really good performance out of the deepest value stuff, out of the low quality stuff, um, and you know, small caps too. But as you kind of come into the more mature cycles of a recovery, um, you know, you I think tend to get maybe historically better performance out of higher quality stuff. And one of the um, points that you made in that quality article is I think you went back and you looked at within the value universe, what percentage was high quality in March of last year and what percentage is high quality uh, in March of this year. And what your data showed was that, you know, there's much more high quality in value today than there was a year ago. Um, so that's, I guess, to your point, you know, the quality, high quality is looking to be on sale here. Yeah. So the next logical step after you say, all right, low quality value stocks have driven this rally is, well, what does that mean for the future? And, you know, one of the things you can look at then is say, all right, well, now, now that that's happened, you know, now that these low quality value stocks have gone up so much, what's left behind? You know, what do the current crop of value stocks look like? And, and that's what I was trying to do in the article. And, and I did it in two different ways. You know, one is I, I sort of looked at some of these, one of these value ETFs that's run up a lot and said, you know, what are exposures look like now after the run up? And they look very similar to what they did before, which is, you know, you still have a decent value exposure, not as much as you had. You still have a lot of low quality exposure and you still have a lot of size exposure. And then I, I looked at QVAL, which is the, uh, the Alpha Architect Quantitative Value ETF by our friends at Alpha Architect. And what I saw there is basically the exact opposite of that. What I saw again is a lot of value exposure and, and you know, I think it was actually more value exposure than, than some of the low quality funds, but I saw a, you know, a very significant exposure to quality. And what that means is that fund is, is able to get really cheap stocks right now 
that also are very high quality companies. And so one of the effects of low quality companies running up so much is, you know, now you can get just as much of a value in some high quality companies. And so that may, that may provide an opportunity for investors going forward to say, all right, you know, I've got these more junky companies that have run up. Can I get the same exact exposure to value, but can I do it in higher quality companies? And as you know, we're, we're coming up on the one year anniversary here of, of the bottom. And so a lot of value investors are probably start going to see, you know, the, the period where they get to like a, where they could take a long-term capital gain in their holdings. So this might be an interesting time to say, should I pivot more to a high quality, higher quality position? Yeah, like I think of like Berkshire Hathaway or Pfizer or some of these big blue chip companies that, you know, haven't performed nearly as well as a lot of other lower quality companies in the market. But, you know, they're just super sound businesses um, with great fundamentals. And yet they, they largely haven't participated. So the other thing that I think you you kind of pointed out in the article is a lot of times to get those high quality companies, you know, they're not always cheap. A lot of times as you come up the quality spectrum, you know, the valuations come up because you, you have to pay up for that quality business. But, you know, what we're seeing in today's market is investors rewarding, you know, a lot of those lower quality companies um, a lot more than they are some of these higher quality companies. And so I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's probably um, something investors should be thinking about and considering, particularly as we move, um, you know, throughout the year and the market sort of um, continues to do what it's doing here. Yeah, like you said, this is not the usual situation. I mean, usually in order to get the higher quality companies to maybe get the Warren Buffett type companies, I have to pay more than to get the Ben Graham type companies. But right now, and you still do in some cases, but right now you're seeing an opportunity to, to acquire higher quality value companies because of this run up, you know, for cheaper prices. And, you know, one of the ways I looked at it in the article is as I took, I took the cheapest 10% of our database um, both at the bottom and now. And then I said, within that cheapest 10% of our database, how many of the companies would be in the top 20% of our database from a quality perspective? So how many of these really cheap companies are actually high quality companies? And I, and I think I got, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I got something like it was 12% of, of that value universe was high quality at the bottom. And now it's something like 24 or 25%. So what we've seen is we've seen double the amount of high quality companies falling in that cheapest decile. And so that's where the opportunity may be going forward is we, we may be able to get higher quality companies now with the same you know valuations. But either way, we are very happy because we have a lot of, to some extent, low quality stocks in our portfolios and we've been doing very well. But one of the things that we've, we've actually been talking about internally is, you know, do we start to, um, do we start to make some small uh, tweaks, modifications, if you will, to allow some of these higher quality companies to get in? And that's something that, you know, as a firm, we need to decide in terms of the strategies we run if we make some modifications to try to have our models sort of come more into this high quality uh, camp. So that's to be determined, but that's something we're, we're certainly uh, kicking around. Yeah. And, and to, to your point, you know, any value strategy that has great performance off the bottom, who cares whether it had, you know, whether it's because of value or whatever, you know, at, at the end of the day, those returns are in your pocket. You, you got those returns. Um, you know, and pe people like to use factors to knock them, but I mean, you've, you've achieved those returns and there's nothing to take away from them. But like you said, going forward, we're thinking about, all right, now we can buy higher quality companies at the same price. You know, is that something as we sort of rotate to the point where we're at, at the one year anniversary of the bottom and a lot of these gains become long term? Is this something we want to think about is, is do we rotate to some of our higher quality value strategies and maybe away from some of these lower quality value strategies going forward? 
So we'll put links to both your articles in the show notes. If anyone has any feedback for us, whether they agree or disagree, feel free to let us know. You can drop us a comment on YouTube or write us a review on Apple. So thanks guys for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hi guys, this is Justin again. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Excess Returns. You can follow Jack on Twitter at, at @practicalquant and follow me on Twitter at, at @jjcarboneau. If you found this discussion interesting and valuable, please subscribe in either iTunes or on YouTube or leave a review or a comment. We appreciate it.